All right. Ladies and gentlemen of the Lodge, we are back and we have guests. And I am very grateful to have these guests because this is probably the closest we've ever been to a case. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. Both physically and in terms of being able to speak to the people involved. So uh, here with me tonight, I have, I have Barb McKay, um, who is Tommy's mother. And off screen, I'm not sure how much he'll be participating, is, is uh, Tommy's stepfather, Tim Bush. So Barb, do you want to, uh, you know, say hello to everybody? Hello. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, usually it's, it's weird. Usually when we have guests, it's like, you know, give me, give me a bio, but that doesn't make sense here. Um, so yeah. for, for those of you watching tonight who haven't seen Friday's video, Tommy Booth was a resident of Wilmington, Delaware, but the location where uh, he went missing and was later found was, what, 30 minutes? Yeah, if that. Like, 20 to 30 minutes from where Aiden and I live, and even closer to where I grew up. Uh, he, he was found in Ridley Township, in specifically Woodland, Pennsylvania, and I used to run track against uh, against Ridley's high school team. We played, I played football against teams from this area, you know, I... The Delaware, I grew up on the Delaware County line uh, with, with Radnor right there. So I don't know how familiar you became with Delaware County during all of this, but this is a case that is, it's our hometown. This is our backyard. Um, and when I, when I first heard about it, the thing that stuck out to me was how well-traveled that area is, how, how densely populated it is. And the idea that somebody could be back there that long with nobody taking notice. And then as we dug into the research, I I mean there's there's probably not a single smiley face killers case where it is more obvious that he was not in the water the night that they say he went missing. So, you know, I I wanted to really quickly before before we jump into anything else, uh you know, Barb, could you could you tell us a little bit about Tommy? Um Tommy, he was he was a good kid. I mean, yeah, he may have had some nefarious friends, but um, basically, he was a good kid. He had never been in jail like like they had. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you mentioned he was a mama's boy. He was, and he was proud of that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he still lived here at home, right? So um, he always he was like our glue. He and he always wanted to make everything better. Like if somebody wasn't getting along, he made sure that they got along. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, as far as, as far as what was publicly available about him, um, you know, obviously we know he had epilepsy. I yeah. was, was he, was that the only thing he was struggling with? And I, I asked that question as somebody who has been on medication for anxiety, depression. I, I was actually on Ativan, which is very similar to Xanax for a long time. So I know he was okay. prescribed Xanax. Well, he, um, and that, that, that's another thing. I'll tell you that when, um, sure. he only had epilepsy. It started the year before when he was 23. Mm -hmm. So it was really strange. He did have, um, WPW, which is Wolf Parkinson white 
syndrome where he has an extra electrical pathway okay in his heart um, we didn't find that out until he had the first epileptic seizure and we went to the hospital and they took an ekg and mm -hmm. that's they found that he never really had a problem with it we did have go through an ablation with him in mm -hmm. his heart but um the xanax he was so anxious mm -hmm. about having an epileptic seizure because he did have one at work you know and he was just really anxious about it and mm -hmm. so i called the neurologist and asked him if he could if he could prescribe something that would you know help him not be so upset about it so the is interesting that's where <clears throat> yeah and that's where that came and the funny thing is he had just gotten that like the month before okay so he had not been on xanax all that long no gotcha. it, it was more I was just Go saying, ahead. it was more specifically prescribed due to his anxiety about his epilepsy more yeah. so than the mm -hmm. epilepsy itself. That's, yeah. that actually, I mean, I'm still shocked that they would prescribe a drug that has side effects of seizures, but uh, under the circumstances, but it does make a lot more sense now, knowing that, that there was an actual reason. And, you know, was this a, was this like a daily or a take as needed kind of deal? It was a take as needed. Okay. Which is definitely the safer way to xanax under those circumstances um yeah i mean took his you know epileptic medicine which i can't remember what it is or what what he took but yeah it it was uh the xanax was for when he was upset about it yeah that's that makes complete sense to me um yeah. i mean it's risky but i can understand why they would take that path uh because there's not really another option i guess but as far as his work goes that was one thing that, that stuck out to me was the the significant difference between his relationship with, uh, was it, was it Harry? Yeah. Harry as, as opposed to his relationship with his other friends, because it seemed like his relationship with Harry was that Harry kind of acted as a mentor and was a coworker and sort of a, not necessarily a surrogate father figure, but like kind of a surrogate older brother figure to him. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Harry trained him in the drywall and, um, helped him get into the union for it so they work together more mm -hmm. when did he when did he start with the the drywalling career um a couple of years after high school okay so was he did he want to go to college and decide against it or was he never into college like no he didn't want to go to college he he wanted to do the trade school thing mm -hmm. smart honestly <laughs> having <laughs> having a college degree and so much debt uh smart choice um well, he didn't want he wasn't the type to sit in the office or you know something right. like that yeah so he it sounds like he enjoyed the work he did too he did enjoy it yeah it's I've, I've done drywalling it's actually there's something there's something soothing about it it's putting a project together yeah. getting it done and moving on to the next thing right well he was pretty artistic and mm -hmm. he kind of felt like that was artistic as well it is you know make it look the best that you can make it look yeah, definitely. And so, so he gets into his, did, did Harry get him into drywalling or did he meet Harry after becoming a drywaller? No, he, Harry, um, not sure how he met Harry. Mm -hmm. Isn't it a thing? Yeah, like a I temporary think so. service? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Harry yeah. took him on wing and they got to be really good friends. Okay, so that was, that would have been around the time that Tommy was what, 20, 20 to 22? Well, yeah, probably 20. 21. Gotcha. 20. So as for the other friends, though, the ones he was with that night, mm -hmm. where did, how did he become friends with them? Was this a childhood kind of friendship or? Um, 
play yeah neighborhood type mm-hmm. thing they most of them went to school together like gotcha. i had never met him before don't really knew um brandon. the the elwood one mm-hmm. uh, brandon you know was just chris's brother and he would come over i think he came over like one time mm-hmm. but chris had been to our house several times we have a pool table in the basement and they'd all come over and shoot some pool down there got it so as so these these friends of his had you were familiar with to an extent most of them yes and what was your what was your read on them um uh <laughs> i'm not sure well they were normal they normal. were just normal guys hanging out playing pool drinking beer just doing what knuckleheads do at 20 years old right okay. so there was never like uh yeah you had mentioned I think that some of them had been to jail. Yes, but I'm or, not sure. Not sure which ones, but was that, I guess, was that like, what kind of offenses are we talking here, if you if you know? Probably drug mm-hmm. offenses. And, you know, that was the other thing. Tommy wasn't really into the drugs. Um, <laughs> he his, his drug of choice was alcohol. So that whole cocaine thing, that was from one of the detectives. We had an appointment to go see the tape at the bar at Bootleggers. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, I mean, soon as it started, his thing, it was a Detective Palo, his um, whole thing was it was a, a drug deal gone bad. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as Tommy didn't do drug deals, not mm-hmm. saying he never did any drugs. Yeah. Um, you know, it actually, it was his brother that said, yeah, he did coke. Mm-hmm. But he didn't go like score coke. He didn't sell coke. You know, if somebody had it, maybe he would have do it. Yeah, which he liked to drink. You know, that that's what he liked to do. So, mm-hmm. so do you think when uh, you know in the in the documentary by by Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte, they mm-hmm. spoke to his uncle Brad. I uh, mm-hmm. from what I understand, Brad is a retired uh, military colonel. Yes. Was it? Yeah, I think so. All right. So uh, he told he told Brad that his friends were into stuff that was worse than robbery. Do you think that that's that it, that drugs are what he considered worse than robbery? No, it was guns. It was the guns. Got it. it yes. All right. And so when when we say guns here, obviously, you know, I we have a wide range of viewers. I know myself. I I own several firearms, but it's in a you know I'm trained with them, I take them to the range and I shoot them there and then I bring them home in a case. I, selling, right? I'm pretty sure it was like selling guns. Okay, so we're talking about selling guns without a license kind of stuff. Arms, you know, I'm not sure, but yeah, whatever. Because he, he didn't tell me that. But the one thing where he got that phone call and my intuition was to listen in and I didn't because I'm like, okay, and I'm trying to give him his privacy and stuff. Right. But that's one where, you know, he said, oh, no, man, I'd never do that. And mm-hmm. I found out later that on that phone call, they said they were going to come and shoot up our house. Oh. Yeah. I'd, so so how did you find that out? Uh, that was Harry, right? Yeah. It was Harry. He received that us. phone call when he was in the truck with Harry, and Harry kind of grilled him after the phone call. Gotcha. Okay. So he... he, he that's yeah. yeah that's definitely relevant i i yeah. mean i i cannot imagine how you could have something like that and the police would would perform the way they did 
they didn't listen to any of things that we had to say. They really didn't. And in fact, the FBI, I called the FBI in Wilmington because mm -hmm. um, we had uh, Wilmington, not a Wilmington, I guess, uh, I think it was Newcastle County cop mm -hmm. assigned to our case. And I hadn't heard from him in over a week. So mm -hmm. I called the FBI and asked them, you know, like, how do they get involved? And they said they have to be asked to be involved. And I told them that, you know, that it had been over a week and I hadn't even heard from this guy. And then, of mm -hmm. course, later day the guy called me but right. somehow it ended up being transferred to ridley and um that's what we ended up with yeah my I, when i was looking through it my opinion of the the ridley police situation was that you know it, being a resident of this state what it seemed like to me was that they looked at this and said this is delaware's problem not ours we just need to make yeah. sure this isn't a problem in ridley and once they realized once they determined that this was not a something that had been done by a Ridley resident, they probably just said, all right, not our problem, washing my hands of this. Right. Well, you know, I talked to Scott a lot, and he was the lieutenant detective on the case from mm -hmm. the first day. And he would always tell me that it was the um, captain that, you know, had put the kibosh on it. Mm -hmm. But they, they did have um, Anthony Duarte and mm -hmm. um, Kevin Gannon come down. Mm-hmm. And they ran tests and stuff on the creek with Dr. Gelman, Hellman. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, you know, I don't know whatever came of any of that. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, did Scott ever specify why the captain was kind of putting the kibosh on it, as you said? Um, no, he never really said. He just said that, you know, he wasn't allowed to do any more with that. So me thinking, okay, well, now Scott's going to be the captain, he's going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. He did at one point assign um, one of the detectives, Billy, to look into it. And I don't know if you remember, but Billy was the one that was found deceased in his car at the Wawa. Don't think we no. know about that. No, we did not know about that. That did yeah. not come up. Yeah, well, he had a heart attack okay. um, shortly after Billy was going to look into all this stuff for us. So. Right, um, which still seems yeah. suspicious, but I mean, if uh, the heart yeah. attack is heart attack is hard to fake, I unless you're so. the CIA. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I guess so. Let's so what walk us through? I guess what what you know about the events of that night? Because as far as we have from from what was available publicly, and by the way, we filed a right to know request with Ridley Township. They never oh. even replied to our email. There was no, sorry, we can't. Usually, if we do this, we hear back through, whether it's FOIA, right to know, whatever we get. Uh, sorry, that's an open investigation. We can't give you that. Or here's the documents we can share. Or, oh, yeah, it's closed. Here's everything. In this case, we didn't even get a response. So what we what we know is mostly based on what was in the case studies in Drowning Forensics book. Okay. Um, as far as we understand, there were three vehicles containing a total of nine people, including Tommy. Mm -hmm. There were... Eight females, two males. Reverse. No, otherwise. Eight males, two females. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that it was one of their birthdays. Um, I, I, would that have been Jessica? Yes. Okay. That would have been her, her 21st. Yes. Gotcha. So do, do you know that to be true? Was it actually her birthday? Yes. All right. So we know that they arrived at the bar shortly before 11 p.m., uh, that they went in the front door all together and that this was all captured on a security camera. But this is the last time that evening that any camera captures uh, 
Tommy specifically. Yes. Where we have some gaps regarding that series of events is, did anybody leave through the front door? And if so, were they captured on camera? Or are we going entirely based on their statements? Do you, I mean, you may not know that, but if you do. Um, I'm going to let Tim answer that. Sure, go for it. Okay, so Chris and Brandon got, no, it was, it was, it was Chris and Elwood. No, Elwood was sitting in the lobby when Curtis and Chris got thrown out for smoking weed in the bathroom. Right. They went to the front door. Chris, uh, El, Dave Elwood w- was sitting in the lobby. They waved to him through the glass window, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, let's go. We got to go." Um, so that's the last time we see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at eleven thirty, Tim, uh, the bouncers say they think they saw Tommy go out the front side door, which would have been next to right. One third. They think at one thirty they saw. They thought they saw Tommy th- leave with the birthday girl. Mm-hmm. One forty-five. Tim comes into the front lobby and through the front door in the lobby. He's looking at all the cameras, looks all the way around, kind of looks shaken up, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then he just kind of leaves. And that's mm-hmm. when he said that he went to go look for Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, apparently, according to the PIs. Um, all the all the other participants went back to Chris's house. Um, Tim came back an hour and a half later than that mm-hmm. and said that he stopped at the McDonald's, which is all, off of ninety five. Right. Then that exit or two past Ridley. Yeah, but so the other kids, um, Rob, the other kids, Rob and um, Curtis. Curtis, remember, and and uh, Elwood, they were all there. They were not decide we couldn't decide whether to, they couldn't decide whether to go in or out or mm-hmm. uh, it's on the video for did you get the video for the bar unfortunately no the only thing we had access to was what uh gannon and duarte put out publicly okay. we, we could not get anything from ridley they refused to even talk to us i called them okay. and they wouldn't pick up the phone now see when scott was there anything i asked him to give to somebody he would do that interesting yeah, Scott and I got, you know, we were, I always considered us to be friends after mm-hmm. all that, you know, that we had been through. And, you know, he was pretty nice about that. But anytime I'd say, interview the guys again, or, you know, you didn't interview the girls. And mm-hmm. he's like, I can't make them come up here. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you would, you would think that he could send somebody down at the very least, yeah. right? I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I, uh, I have friends. I do have friends in who are from Delaware and have connections. So I may, I may be asking some people, some things, uh, given, given what you've said. Um, I I think, uh, beyond, beyond them leaving the bar, Mm -hmm. the, the one thing that, that came to mind as I was looking through everything, I, around the time they were supposed to be leaving was the cell phone records because from what I understand they checked Tommy's pings and there were three calls one was to a backdoor phone number to check your own voicemail according to Canon and Duarte which is just so far before our time as adults that it didn't even click 
Uh, the one that really struck me as interesting, though, was that uh, allegedly they were all at the bar until 1 a.m. But oh. the second call came to Tommy's phone. And by, uh, I also came across the information that the detectives had entirely the wrong area code for Tommy's phone number and thought it was a 610, which is our area code. Exactly. Uh, which is just mind-boggling to me. But the second call, the, the call he received was from okay. a, a Verizon landline registered to the driver of the second vehicle's house, according to Gannon and Duarte's work. That would have been Stoner. Yeah, that was Stoner. Okay, so that was Robert. Okay, and did they all live uh, Did they all live on their own, or were these guys still living with their parents? A lot of them were living with their parents. Yeah. Okay. If they all, except for Chris. Chris and his girlfriend. They lived on their own? Together. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I have all of Tommy's um, phone records. Right. And one of the calls that came in, I thought was his cell phone, to, and it was from Rob, because mm -hmm. I remember thinking Rob was the only one that even called Tommy to tell them they were leaving. Right. But, you know, the look of it, I guess it was very short. He didn't answer the phone, because mm -hmm. I'm thinking at that time he was already gone to wherever they took him. Yeah, the I was I was very interested by where the twelve fifty nine a.m. phone call pinged. It was a tower to the east of the bar. It should have been the tower to the north of the bar. Um, tower east of the bar was a lot closer to I ninety five, which suggests to me that Tommy was probably either on his way to or on I ninety five when that phone call was made. Oh. Which of course brings up a whole host of other questions. Um, right. I mean, do you have? Is there anything that that sticks out to you? So no, not, not at the moment. No, I think as we go, more will pop up. Yeah. Did you have? Do you have a chance to uh to go up to bootleggers and look around because it's not there anymore? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we go up every year. I go up to the creek every year on January twentieth because to me, oh, that was the day. Well, that was the last day anybody saw him. So to mm -hmm. me, I use that as his date of death. You missed us by four days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were almost right there at the same time as you. Um, yeah, that's a shame because um, we have a cross up there too. Because um, you said that uh, he was found on the opposite side of the mm -hmm. creek, but he wasn't. He was found he was. on the same side. So the water level must get a lot lower in the summer. Oh. It's a tidal creek. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the tide goes up the stream and then it turns around and comes back down the stream. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it. it, it it, it fluctuates quite yeah. a bit, which is why one of the reasons originally before all this stuff happened is why we thought he was put in there to be washed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was there were there were two possibilities that stuck out to me regarding why he was in the, the creek, because in my opinion, there's zero possibility he was in that creek on the 20th. And I, I think he was. I, I think that Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte and, and everybody involved on your side is correct in saying he went in there the night of February 2nd um, or early in the morning on February 3rd. Uh -huh. Yes. I think either they intended for him to wash out into the Delaware or they were hoping to stage it as an accidental drowning. Um, exactly. Which in they, my, in my opinion, I think accidental drowning staging is, is exactly yeah. what they were going for because that explains yeah. why they were at the bar in the first place. Yes. Um, well, and also the, the two twigs from, yeah, the twigs were weird. Yes, they yes. were. They yeah. were. Like, I, I mean, it, it, so that, that was actually what to me said, this was staged as an accidental drowning instead of them trying to put him out into the water. 
because it looked to me like they were trying to pin him in place with something that looked just natural enough that it was feasible he ended up there. Right. Um, right. So have you... I think you were right when you said in your other thing that um, there was enough heat on the kids that he needed to be found then before mm-hmm. there was more heat. Yeah, I, I think they were... The eyes and whatever. Yeah, it seemed very much to me like he he showed up there because they needed they needed this investigation to be over. I do uh-huh. wonder if they intended to put him in that creek in the first place. Uh, the fact that they went to bootleggers in the first place does lead me to believe that that had something to do with it, uh, considering it is basically just over the state line and the very first bar with a creek next to it uh, that you come across, which is not a particularly infrequent thing in southeastern Pennsylvania. We There is a creek right there outside of my home, and there is a bar right there outside of my home. So this creek's a lot more angry. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, we live on the grounds of an old steel mill, and uh, it was built up with rocks on either side for them to kind of keep it in place and when it floods it just goes straight up so it's like 20 yeah. feet of just funneling terrifying water. and yeah. it goes right into the skookle which you hope you die before you get into the skookle because it's gross um right. but yeah so uh, were you were you able to go into the bar yes can you tell me a little bit about it um you mean that during that time mm-hmm there were several rooms. There was a, a band room with a stage. There was a DJ room, which is where Tommy was. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, the hip hop room they reference? Yeah. Um, there was a hip hop room. Um, oh, let me check my notes. We did sure. talk to the bouncers that were serving him that night. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, where is it? Um, I don't know what part of it is right at the moment. I'm just scanning my notes. Um, But yeah, he was sitting at a bar, which wasn't overly crowded, um, with a couple of people in there. And the the bartender said that, you know, yeah, he drank a few beers, but he wasn't, you know, hand over fist. He wasn't, you know, sloppy drunk or drunk when he left. Um, he was very polite, they said. Um, but yeah, there, there, the layout of the club was is that there was several different rooms. Like I said, there was a bar, a mm-hmm. hip-hop. There was like a tavern-type situation. Uh, so there were multiple areas for you to go hang out in, whatever, flip your... So you said, oh, you said it was just a few beers. Some beers. He was doing shots of Goldschlager. Oh, sorry, my soul. <laughs> um, so, do we do we know like where, was he doing shots or was he having you know his friends bought around to shots every half hour? No, he was pretty much there by himself. Yeah, the other guys were in different rooms. Oh wow, he, he was in the room, the back room that I thought led to the back where mm-hmm. they took the shot. Mm-hmm. So the the immediate thing there that sticks out to me is that if he was if he only had a, a few drinks total, were like I'd say less than six. I, mm-hmm. I his blood alcohol content when they found him was point two two, which is just for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. I I don't see a way where even after you're in the water for a little while and you 
you start to decompose and the, the blood alcohol content starts to go up. As we see with basically every single one of these cases, they're found and their blood alcohol is probably twice what it was. Um, at no way you're at 0.22 at his size and weight at, at that right. point, right? Right. You you mentioned that the bartender said he was very polite, but that he was by himself. Did, you know, in an interview with that bartender, was there ever any indication of what his disposition was like that night or why he was alone when he was there with so many friends, supposedly? Um, apparently he was there with Jessica, the birthday girl. Mm -hmm. And they had said that, you know, they were just kind of partying and, and she was dancing on the dance floor or whatever, uh, area. And, you know, they didn't really see anything abnormal about it. They, he wasn't a problem. He, he wasn't like drunk, drunk. He, he, they just kind of was like, Hey, there's a guy sitting at the bar while you know his friends or one of the two girls or whatever were over there dancing on the dance floor they all kind of separated once once they they got in there so, yeah it just um, it makes me wonder why you know why the why the separation occurred especially if they're celebrating someone's birthday you would think logically you'd all stay together for the purpose of the birthday but that just makes me feel like mm -hmm. there may have been some inclination that you know, maybe outsiders didn't recognize it, but maybe he realized something was off or somebody, you know, things were just off in the group. It, that may have been their normal dynamic. But to me, that just appears weird given the circumstances. Right. Right. Do you have any inkling as to why bootleggers was chosen? No, because um, he was told they were going to bank shots, which was around here. And he had to borrow a button down shirt from Chris. Mm-hmm. Because he was expecting to go to a, a bar in Delaware. Yeah. So it was a pool. pool. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so he had no idea that that's where they were going. So that's interesting because the two stories that, was it was it Tim was the driver of Tommy's car? Yes. Yeah, so the stories that he told the cops were all contradictory. But, I mean, the, well, the one that sticks out is that he had said they found, they initially all said they found the bar online. But Tim had told somebody, I think maybe it was the PI, that he knew people from the bar, not at the bar, from the bar. Right. Well, so, that's what we were told, too. We were told Tim had been there before. Mm -hmm, which kind and of blows the we found it online thing out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not true. Because mm -hmm. when there was a fight or something in the, um, in the parking lot, he knew some of the people that were there. He went right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what was what was the name of the bar you said they were supposed to be going to? It's called Bank Shots. Bank Shots, and that's uh, it is was that still Union. there? No, it was the one on Union okay. Street. I uh, is it uh, in Newark? No, in Wilmington. In Wilmington, or on Union Street, which would have been close to Chris's house. Yeah. All right. So, if it looks like it's not there anymore. Um, but I just wanted to kind of take a look at if I can bank shots bar Wilmington D. Uh, there we go. Cause we're gonna go snag it. Interesting. There's one in Stanton. Yeah, the one. Well, so the what really? Oh no, it's bank seafood. That's not the right thing. Um, bank shot. I just want to find the address, and and there, I promise there's a reason for this. Um. All right, so now, 
interesting. It's also near a creek. It's not as close to a creek, but it's near a creek. Um, which I mean, I my my opinion as it stands currently, looking at everything, is that the uh, the reason they chose that bar was the creek. I think I think that the the plan that night was to, you know, put him in a place where they could dump a body later and have it look like an accident. Um, right. You know, and across state lines, really, I mean, the communication between the two police departments, yeah. really, really, if you take somebody across state lines and you do that, um, you pretty much have commit. You, they're not going to investigate. Yeah, it's which, in my opinion between the the drug running connection the gun running connection and the fact that it was across state lines uh it almost seems to me like the police didn't want the fbi involved because those right there are three things that the fbi can immediately involve itself in um so i mean the fbi has jurisdiction across over anything that occurs across state lines i they usually don't do missing persons unless it's a missing child or they think it's gang violence related like organized crime but in my i mean looking at this I mean, this seems like, like, like organized crime, right? Yeah. Is there, uh, I guess one thing I was trying to figure out, but uh, the internet seems to think it's a little bit silly if you look up uh, organized crime in Delaware for some reason, um, <laughs> as if there's not organized crime in Philly and Baltimore. Uh, it, do you, is, is there like any sort of problem that you guys are aware of? For organized crime? Yeah. Like, are there, are there gangs in the area? Not really. Not that okay. I know of. Mm-mm. I mean, there probably are Wilmington. I mean, you know, the the, the murder murdered capita percentage is really high. But yeah. as far as like gang gangs that we have to worry about here, no. Yeah. So I guess uh, the neighborhood that that was everybody from generally the same neighborhood here. At um, one point. At at yeah, Richardson Park. Okay. And what's we had, yeah, we weren't living there at the time, but that's where most of them came from what's uh what's that area like uh well you got half of it is okay and the other half is pretty uh it's low middle income okay (laughs) i i i I get what you're saying Uh, um picking up what you're putting down so whatever they were involved in you don't think you don't think they were involved in a any sort of full-scale gang but maybe they were they were doing stuff kind of on their own as a group no, I think they were involved with somebody, mm-hmm. but I don't know what. I mean, like Jessica said, Chris, well, Chris um, sold Coke. Okay. And so it was Chris's boss, that boss, mm-hmm. that ordered the hit on Tommy. Got it. According to her. According to her. Yes. So that's that's very interesting to me that she said that to the PI. Right. And, and that wasn't enough for the police. <laughs> like, I, I, old Scott, too. But, you know, it was like I couldn't get anybody to do anything. It's just so strange. Um, mm-hmm. What Do you I know mean, what Chris did for his day job? I'm sorry, what's that? Do you know what Chris did for his day job? Construction, I think. Or... Construction roofing. Were a lot of them in construction? A lot of the men? No. <sighs> no. Uh Let's see, Rob and Curtis were just menial labor jobs. I think Curtis was like a... Uh, a prep chef. I don't know what Rob did. I don't know what Dave did. Um, I don't know what the girls did. It, it, Chris is the only one that I knew, only for the fact that he worked in the building next to mine. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I knew what he was doing. 
Yeah. Hmm. So Chris too, I mean, we knew him for years. Yeah, I mean, have have you had any interaction with with the other eight since then? Not really. No. Uh, did 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 were they invited to the funeral? No. Gotcha. So was it was it was that deliberate or was it just a very small like family only kind no, of ceremony? It was deliberate. I okay. told Chris that I didn't want any of them that left him at that bar to come, but they did. So they did come. Right. But the cops were there and they didn't let them in. Gotcha. What was but, I, what was the demeanor? If you recall, it was more like 30 or 40 of them that all kind of rushed. Other friends time. didn't know. Got it. And brought that Chris along with them. Right. They didn't know Chris was told not to come. Got it. So but I did. Their demeanor was Chris said out there with all the kids that somebody ought to slap my that bitch in the face talking about me interesting because they couldn't come in yeah that's his demeanor he also told me that you know he that tommy was a man of 24 and they weren't his babysitter mm -hmm. yeah i mean all of that to me sounds like a guilty conscience um I mean, yeah. just oh, we're I not that. his babysitters yeah. if if i took you to a bar and you turned up dead in the creek two weeks later i would feel horrible like it would be the absolute, I, I can't even comprehend right. how that would affect me. And yeah, or, or like how you would interact yeah. with my mom at, at that point. Yeah, no, I mean, I, if your mom told me I wasn't invited to the funeral because I didn't take care of you, I'd probably understand. Um, then again, I'm not a drug dealer. Um, so right. I, different standards there. Yeah, I mean, is there, so I guess, is there anything? Anything major that we missed um, or that the that Gannon and Duarte missed or anything that, that you think was a, an important detail that people haven't covered? Um, that you haven't covered? Mm. Or you no, haven't gotten enough attention? The information is there. It's just that everything hasn't gone forward. Mm -hmm. It just kind of just kind of stopped. Oh, uh, one thing is uh, Dr. Hellman. Mm -hmm. now, told me that he marked it as undetermined drowning mm -hmm. so that keeps the case open got it so it's not closed um and he said you know he he thought that he felt that he drowned and but he didn't know why mm -hmm. how he drowned he said he did tell me he must have been unconscious so i i do believe they drugged him he must have been unconscious when he died yes got it or you know, drowning mm -hmm. in that creek is was his assessment. assessment. Got it. Yeah. So, hmm. but of all the smiley face killers, there were only two MEs that actually signed off and said that they were unconfirmed. Tommy was one, and Guy was the other, yeah. and this had to go to court to get that switched. Yeah, the that was. I mean, one hundred percent. Looking at this, that was what popped out to me immediately as, as I was wrapping up was this is point for point Todd guy at every single level we have the, there's a physical obstruction between him and where he was found. Uh, uh -huh. He was not drinking particularly enough for people to think he was going to be sloppy or to even match yeah. what the levels were upon, you know, finding them. Yeah. He had no major visible injuries. I, uh, 
I think I think Todd Guybe also had no water in his lungs. Um, oh. I mean, this this was like point for point for point for point. Um, very very similar to it, which. Yeah, that's that's why they grouped the the different documentaries as they did. Mm-hmm. The Tommy and Todd's were very similar. Yeah, it was Honestly. shocking to me. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I'm trying to think, there there was something like on the tip of my tongue, and now I'm unable to recall what it was. Uh. One question that I had was, um, I think it was, was it Bill who was the, the friend who was yeah. essentially patrolling the area? When... Actually, that was Tim's friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. The co-worker that used to live up there. Got it. That's multiple times, once by Bill, once by Harry, once by us. Uh, so in the two weeks that he was missing, not only did the, the three of us search that creek, um, the one lady with the dogs searched yeah. it. Yeah, there was one group that searched it the first weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the I'm next married. week, I guess, I had gone to the private investigator. Mm-hmm. And he told me to have a grid search done. So that's when I looked up the Philadelphia Search and Rescue. And I had to get Scott to um, call them and set it up, even though I did all the work. But... Mm-hmm. Um, the police didn't do that. I I was under the impression, the assumption that the police set up the search and rescue effort. Are you telling me that they didn't even bother? No, they didn't do really anything the time he was missing. I was home with my cell phone in one hand and my home phone in the other hand, trying to do different things. Now, somebody said they saw him up at the Wawa. That's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, so. I called Scott, so he did send somebody up there to, you know, look at the film, but, you know, he wasn't there. So, like, anything I would ask him to do, he would do, but doing anything on their own, no, they did not. I called both search and rescue places. And just, and to what level of, you know, I guess, granularity, I could say, uh, was this different searches that people went through, you know, I mean, you know, obviously with multiple searches over the course of the time between when he went missing and when he was found, I mean, did -hmm. people check that area like foot by foot or was it, you know, what was kind of the level of detail? Walking down the bank. Yeah, they walked up and down the bank and they walked um, the sidewalks around the area going to like nine five and, and we did that as well. Um, the first Saturday, we had a group of, I don't know how many 50. people, 50 people or so, a family and friends, you know, just walking around. I, I made a, a copy of um, the, the map and everybody section and, and walked around it and posted the flyers and, you know, we looked. Mm-hmm. And that, people uh, actually knocked on doors. Yeah, people knocked on doors. And then on Sunday is when the, the search and rescue, they might have been there earlier too. Mm-hmm. But the thing with the search and rescue, tr- they were training. They didn't have like a whole thing like Philadelphia search and rescue did. Right. They were military. Yeah. And that was like, that was the grid type search. So the I, I finally remembered what it was that I wanted to ask. Uh, you guys were there the 22nd, correct? 
That's the first time, the first day you made it out. Twenty second. Say, um, day twenty first. Twenty first, we went up and filed the miss, missing person report. Yeah, but as for taking a look at the creek. Oh yes. Okay, so yeah, every, every day, except for I think the following Thursday, um, I went to work. I mm-hmm. tried to uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean. Can't blame no, you for not being we, able to make it. Monday, the twenty second, we didn't because Brandon and Tim came over and and that was at, that, that was at six p.m. Yeah, that was at six. So I, I want to come back to that in just a second, but when you were up there, the state of the creek, how frozen over was it? It wasn't. It so, was seventeen degrees when he went missing. So it was freezing, but it the temperature rose to fifty by the mm-hmm. week, following weekend. Yeah. Um, but during the week, it was the temperature rose. Yeah. So there was ice there, but you could not see him. So then the other theory was is that it was so thick that there was two layers of ice, mm-hmm. and that he was trapped under the first layer of ice, and that he had sunk and got frozen, got stuck under that, and then once the Temperature rose. He finally busted loose and floated downstream. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't believe that because we just didn't think that the uh, that the ice was enough for that long for that to happen. Right. So, so visibly looking at the creek, there there was a sheet of ice on top of it at first. At parts of parts it. of it. So because not the entire could- creek. No. no, there are, there is parts where the water moves fast enough that it will not freeze over in that short of time in that temperature. Right. And the creek was like two feet deep. You could see the bottom. Yeah, which is similar to how it looked when we went down there. It was the, right. the deepest I, areas were maybe like four feet, but around around where he would have had to have fallen in, if that's what happened, it was not deep at all. And I mean... The, that was he, the thing that we were looking at. Go on. He wouldn't have fallen in. He, Tommy didn't like water, number one. And, um, you know, the detectives were saying, oh, maybe he went down there to go to the bathroom. I mean, who? some guy comes out of a bar. They're not going to like, oh, there's some water. Let me go down there to pee. Yeah. No. You know? <laughs> they're going to pee on a bush or a wall or yeah. whatever. That was a lot. That was something that we saw a lot of comments on was, oh, maybe you just went to take a leak in the creek. And I'm like. I know, that's what they keep Come saying. Come on, man. Like, oh, they don't no. do that. <laughs> There's, there were several bushes. There was a tree line. There was a wall. I, I mean, no. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. that cement abutments there right when you came out of the back of the, um, the bar. If you came out that way where they take the trash out. Yeah, yeah. it's... Or even just one of the dumpsters you can mm-hmm. stand next to or behind or something. Yeah, who would do that? Yeah, so I and guess... Why? Why don't you, you know... I mean, Tommy didn't smoke. That was the other thing I mm-hmm. wanted to type. So, yeah. yeah, burn mark on his hand. And mm-hmm. also, he, he was in a car accident the week before. Mm-hmm. That was the um, the injuries to his legs, his knee especially. Do you know that these are not directly connected, but do you, do you recall what his Xanax prescribed dosage was or when he last took it? Um. I don't because, you know, I mean, he was 24. He took his own medicine. Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't think the dosage was very much. It was either 0.25 or 0.5. Oh, that is low. Yeah. That's 
it was just to you know help with the anxiety of it yeah that's uh that that does not strike me as enough to if he took it like during work that day if his concern was i don't want to have a seizure at work and he took uh-huh. 0.25 or 0.5 at during the work day he would not be that it i mean it's it's not out of your system in six hours but it's i think xanax is the longest last name it's eight but also with that low of a level of prescription it's really yeah. not going to do all that much yeah and i i was prescribed i i had a daily out of prescription uh throughout most of college and i would i would still drink and it was not i, I was no different and I'm I'm five right. nine. I was 170 pounds. Like I'm I'm not a big dude. So you know, it's to to me the Xanax doesn't seem like it would have been a factor. But I just had to I had to clarify on that one because I I, I have had too much to drink and too much of my Ativan before, and it made me stare at a wall for a while. I uh, which isn't going into a creek. It's it's the exact opposite of that. But people respond differently to drugs sometimes. Uh, but what I wanted to circle back to really quick before we get into the, the Q and a session of things, um, you said that Tim and another, another name, Rob. Rob. Yeah. Yeah. You Rob. said that they came by on the 22nd around 6 PM. Oh, Brandon came by. Brandon. Okay. So what I, what was that about? I guess. Chris's, Chris's um, brother. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recollection of of what was said? How they um, seemed? Well, yeah, that's about the three, three girls. Oh no, that's, this was about. I wanted his jacket back. Mm-hmm. It was left in Tim's, Tim's car. car. Mm-hmm. So, and um, Brandon came over and gave me the jacket. And I asked him to look for his cell phone, but of course that wasn't there. And I just looked at at Tim, and I'm like, "How could you just leave him there?" Mm-hmm. And he just like had a weird look on his face. He never answered. They me. also said that he they that he was hanging out with three girls, and they thought he left with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I I, re- I read about that, and what I Gannon and Duarte said that either the the dete- I think they said the detectives went back and interviewed the girls, and they were like, we barely remember him. Well, they, they said it was three Spanish girls. Yeah, and it and then Chris gave me their names. And um, I actually, Scott said, you know, he had his detectives call and, you know, they, they kind of remembered him, but, mm-hmm. you know, they really, they weren't that engaged with him. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm they thinking. Talked for a little bit and that was, that was about it. Yeah. They, they left and then Brandy called back later and said that one of the bouncers there, his name was Bill, was at the, they were all part of the five points fire hall mm-hmm. um and he said that we could meet with them so we went over there that night and met with bill who was one of the bouncers so they say and he confirmed the fact that he he remembers tommy leaving with three girls yeah which was all a big smokescreen as well bunch we of lies. so so this 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 bill who was allegedly a bouncer is that a different person from the bouncer who said that he saw the saw tommy leave with the birthday girl Correct. Yes. Okay. Well, I yeah. think his name was also know. Bill. Was it? Bill. Am, no. am I just drawing that out? Somewhere? I might be drawing that out of thin air. Don't, don't mind me. The first Bill was Tim's friend. Yeah. Bill okay. That's probably. Yeah. Bill the bouncer was um, part of the um, Five Points Firehouse, mm-hmm. as was Brandon and Tim. And Tim. So basically, they had their friend 
cook yes. up a story for him. Okay, gotcha. Right. Um, I, I am. I am furious with the Ridley Police Department. Uh, they will be getting a visit, a physical in-person visit with a printed out right to know form. Um, well, you know what? None of the people that were around when this happened are there. Good. That means they might actually give me what I want. Uh, you know, okay. we'll, we'll see how we it, it, that's the thing them. is if, if everybody who was involved in the investigation is gone, yeah. hopefully they'll be willing to say, all right, well, this doesn't come down on any of us. So here you go. Well, well, if, you know, they need my permission, which they always seem to with Scott, I, you know, he feel free to call me and all right. I will. I will. Sure. I also, I, I can dig up an old connection at the, the Vidoc Society mm. in Philly. Um, when we when we covered the boy in the box case, we got a call from an international detective organization telling us that we were in the right church, wrong pew, which was surreal. But actually, like, oh. I was like, oh, this is somebody I might be able to call in the future and ask for help. Yeah. Um, oh. Because they're like an international, they, they help with, they help the FBI, they help Interpol, like, wild kind of stuff. But maybe they can, uh, maybe they can get the gears turning. Um I mean, is there uh, is there anything else that comes to mind for you before we go to Q and A? I mean, the it's less questions and more just like, you know, what could we do moving forward? Honestly, you know, I mean, obviously we can go show up with a, you know, mm -hmm. the request and get the information that we can, but it's like, you know, would would access to you know a a, a lawyer to kind of champion you guys help, or you know, is there is there some way that we might be able to get these gears turning that, you know, mm -hmm. we could find out that that's where my head is. Yeah, I mean, like, what are the next steps we need to do? If we could find a way to try and raise you guys some money to get a, a PI on it, is that something that you would be interested in? Yeah. yeah. I'd like to use the same guy that we use because he was really good. All right. Yeah. I mean, do, do you have any, any idea of what kind of, what it would cost? Nowadays? No, I don't know. All right. Well, if you can, if you can get a quote from him, then you know i can i can do my best to leverage this community there's i mean there's 600 people watching live right now but we've got 380 some thousand people who watch the channel so i'm hoping that it, you know if every one of them donated a dollar this would get solved uh which you know yeah. is maybe maybe we can maybe we can convince that to happen um but at the very least i i definitely uh i'm definitely going to make some phone calls and and see what i can do to scrounge up uh some financial support so you guys can go and and get this looked further into. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, I, I, there's, there's, there's so many things about this that make me unbelievably angry. And I would, I would love to talk to you again, you know, privately when I have a chance to collect some more thoughts and have some more pointed questions and I can email them or we can, I can make the drive down to Wilmington. Um, or you can call me or I can come up to, I mean, if you're going back to the Creek or whatever, I can show you where he was found. That would actually be, incredible especially when we go to do the the update video looking at all the cases and you know how do these yeah. connect um Just one. it's about 45 minutes from here so yeah. it's not that bad yeah no it's i i used to date a girl who lived down in in newark it's easy drive um so yeah. i don't i don't mind coming down to you guys and uh if you guys want to come up here absolutely okay. let me know and i will see what i can do about money but let's now since we are about at 8 p.m and i want to let you guys go soon and also get this this out of the way because we gotta we gotta finish up filming after this yes uh so the first one that came in at the start of the show is from sean easton for 499 thank you saying hey y'all there was a comment on your last vid from a mortician letting you know that the cold water above freezing could preserve a body good content yes yes so i uh, definitely can 
can slow decomposition. The issue was that uh, the condition in which Tommy's body was found, he would have had to have been frozen solid in order to not decompose at all. Uh, Kill on the official data for $10 says, I would just like to say, and I believe I speak for all the chat, we are sorry for your loss and we hope you find answers in peace. And yeah, I think that's very accurate for all of us here. Yeah. We're, we're going to do whatever we can to help with the answers aspect. Yeah. Uh, the White Trash Panda for $5.56 saying, one, sympathy to the family, and two, I love that you can tell the Aidens are actually care and this isn't another case or piece of content. Respect, my dudes. We appreciate it. You know, yeah. uh, we, we take it as, as seriously as as I think possible, uh, definitely in our opinions. Ryan Wickup for thirteen fifty two. Thank you. Uh, wishing the best for Tommy's parents. I hope you two can get the answers you're looking for. Thank you, boys, for hosting them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and thank you to them yeah. for being here. We would do this with every single family involved if we could. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, uh, Barb. Um, I, I assume your camera's just off, but uh, yeah, Barb, if you. If you would like to put us in touch with anybody else uh, to talk about these cases, we would absolutely do podcast interviews. We'd be happy to do sit down kind of stuff um, if we can manage to get ourselves out that way for the ones that are further away. But it, we we want to we want to be another voice because I know I know Gannon and Duarte are working their asses off on this, but at the same time, it it never hurts to have additional candles and. And people out there. I think did Isaiah do a video on this? I don't know if he did on this. I think he did. So uh we also have a friend who um is much bigger than we are, who we can we can reach out to and, and give him some details if he wants to update his stuff on it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I can I can get a hold of the, the moms. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh the cast man seven 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 for ten dollars says, Hello, just found your channel last week and saw the four one 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 episode about this case. My question is that if the alleged perpetrators cross state lines, shouldn't the feds get involved? Yep. They, they should. <laughs> they sure should. They absolutely should. <laughs> that is their job, but I mean, local police do have a bit of an ego thing when it comes to the feds sometimes. So, especially in an area like Ridley, which I'm sure has a corruption problem. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that. that is the other thing involved here is Ridley is, it's not the worst area. In southeastern Pennsylvania, but it's also, you know, it's right next to Chester. It's right next to Crumlin. It, it is. It, I would not be shocked at all if there was a reason the cops tried to shut down the investigation. Um, and if there was a reason they didn't want federal help, because the moment they accept federal help. They're going to get investigated themselves to an extent. No. Uh, flight risk for two dollars says for the support. Thank you. Uh, Pat Petrolis, son of Mayonetis, uh, for ninety nine ninety nine oh, says, wow, I love what you guys do, and hopefully we'll, we'll get answers soon. Thank you very much for the donation. Yeah. Uh, Goosey for $2 says for the support. Uh, and then Jossie for $2, uh, opinion on the Phoenix Lights. Not familiar enough to have an opinion. Fair enough. Unfortunately. But um, I, will, I will also see what we can do to uh, funnel funnel some of the some if not all of the super chat money from tonight over to you guys um yeah. i want i don't know what the tax layout is for that but hopefully i can if nothing else then we will donate it to to a gofundme if if we set that up um and, and if you want to set up a gofundme and we can just share it um or we can help you set something up and and we will make sure to to donate proceeds um 
and hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get a lot more attention on this. Yeah, that would be the goal. Uh, that's it yeah, for Super wanna, Chats at the moment. Since we got time, do you want to take a look through the non-Super Chats? Sure. I can um, do the same. Um, see if there's anything important that came up. Uh, uh, so that is that is one thing that uh, somebody asked, hey, is there a way to see the autopsy report and photos, or do you need special uh, access? So... That that is one question I had is uh are you allowed to share any did they share any documents with you and are you allowed to share them? Me? I uh yeah, I have the autopsy. Okay, is is that something that you'd be willing to give us a copy of? Sure. That would yeah. be phenomenal. I give you I'll give you anything you need that I have. We also have a video from the club, but it was reformatted and it's hard to see. So somebody with some video mm background may be able to unlock the entire thing interesting yeah depending on what the file type is i mean yeah. video is my my job and my profession that's what i went to school for so i could at the very least give it a shot i'm also okay. sure there's somebody in our discord who knows how to do all sorts of weird stuff yeah um it's on three cds um right, but 2008 really see it so i don't know what format it is so what, what do you mean you can't really see it well, when it shows up on the on the on my laptop, it's basically mm -hmm. about a two and a half inch by two and a half inch thing, and I can't seem to make it any bigger. So I comb through it with a magnifying glass, <laughs> and I the things that we saw earlier I can't find again. Mm -hmm. um, mainly, like I have on that video somewhere is Tim coming in at the 130 mark or 145 mark saying that he searched for Tim, I mean, for Tommy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I always wanted to look th at that again, but I can't seem to find it because it's so small and hard to see. Hmm. And there are other things that yeah. are on the video too, that we, we saw different people that we thought we knew, um, that we, didn't think we're supposed to be there that we wanted to look at again. Yeah. So do you know when you open them on a computer, do you know what file type it is? Like what the, the, the dot, at the, if you, if you could text it to me, then we can, we can definitely take a look at that. And I would be shocked if Aiden can't find a way to blow it up into, into a bigger size. Yeah. Or, I mean, some of the editing software that I use, I would be able to essentially enlarge it possibly uh, if I can take the file from the disc and bring it onto the computer. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there there was one thing about the autopsy report that I was curious about as well, which was uh, there's there's a blurred out section. Um, obviously, if you guys are gonna send it along, then I can look at it myself. But just while we're here, um, there's a blurred out section after the the cause of death where it says uh, that it was I uh, I think accidental drowning associated with mixed ethanol intoxication, and then a blurred out section. Um, is that is that something that was blurred out for privacy reasons? Do you, do you know what it is? Or is that something that just, it, it's too. Hang on, I'll go grab it. Sure, sure thing. Um, it wasn't for privacy reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it would have been something that they would have done. Gotcha. Um, Unfortunately, it's probably going to take her a couple of minutes to go find it. No, that's, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. We did get two more quick super chats in the meantime. Uh, Imagine uh, for $2 says, have you guys heard of the Beast of Bray Road yes. in Wisconsin? 
Yes, very associated with uh, all of the alleged dogman sightings across yes. the Midwest, which are interesting considering that Native Americans have stories of these things called adlets, which are, in effect, dogmen who live in the wilds of Canada. But, yeah, it's, it's folklore is a wild, wild thing. It very much is. And then Miss Mori for $2 says, tight on money this week, but this needed support. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, uh, how, uh, how, long, how long have you been involved in Tommy's life? Um, uh, uh, since he was seven or eight. Gotcha. So, so you, you knew the kid very well. He's, he's, he's your son. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, uh, I, okay. I just, I'm, I'm back. Do you know where it was on the autopsy? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> it looks like it was towards the end. The page was half finished. Um, but I probably might be able to find a image of it somewhere. Nope, not here. Uh... There it is. Oh. Okay, so probable drowning associated with mixed ethanol intoxication. It was after that? Yeah, that's... Uh, Slash alprazolam usage. Gotcha. So that was the Xanax. So that so hmm. Hmm. Hmm, Ganon. Hmm. Um yeah, I we can we can go into that later. I <laughs> why well, I think that's weird. But I you know I don't wanna don't wanna do that on stream. <laughs> but yeah, so you said we got a couple of that does seem relevant to me, by the way. Yeah, uh, um, we got one more super chat, but I wanted to know if you wanted to read this one real quick. What is uh, my grandfather? Ah, so Carly Ann said my grandfather, an ex Pinkerton investigator and state cop, shook his head and said after watching this pod, he goes, this really seems like an inside job after an incident gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I look at this and I'm like, this uh, is, it seems to me almost certainly that his friends premeditated yeah. this and set him up either to, either oh, they definitely. handed him over to somebody else who, yes. who did everything or they hit him somewhere. I think it, if he had, if Chris had a boss, my guess is that they, this was a rendezvous. Mm. Um, well, yeah. Bootleggers had two very large freezers in their basement, mm -hmm. and that... I'm thinking that's where they kept them. But the my question about it is, okay, so if they froze him before rigor mortis, mm -hmm. when he started to thaw, would he go into rigor mortis? So from from my understanding, and limited as it may be, uh, from from reading through the the drowning forensics book and, and doing some googling was that uh, if somebody were to be frozen solid immediately after death mm -hmm. and they the freeze was able to be achieved before, I think, two hours, then theoretically rigor mortis would not occur until after they thaw. Um, well, that's which, what I thought. Yeah, I could see that. The The thing that sticks out to me, though, is that his, uh, his lividity was fixed, which means that he must have laid on a flat surface for 6 to 12 hours. I... Uh, before he was moved because if uh, if somebody dies and then the the bodily fluids the blood everything starts to collect at the lowest gravitational point 
except for points of pressure. So uh, in Tommy's case, I believe it was his his shoulder blades, his calves, his ankles, his buttocks. Those areas were, were blanched. They were pale, whereas the rest so, was red. Right. So he was laying down flat. He wasn't stuffed in a freezer. Yeah. Then, yeah, that would be that would be my opinion. Um, and and looking at the blood alcohol content, uh, something that I, I believe happened with the Todd Guide case as well is that Todd was gone for 21 days. So very similar case. He turns up in the lake, standing up, essentially, which mm-hmm. is very strange, um, yeah. with a, a blood alcohol content that I think was above 0.2, might have even been above 0.3. Um, and they found nearby a canoe full of beer cans. So my opinion with that was that he was abducted the night of the party, uh, the night he disappeared, and then brought, held somewhere, and before they put him into the the the, the pond, um, they force-fed him alcohol so that it would appear that he had gone in that night, and they just, nobody considered the decomposition aspect of things. Because, um, right. you know, the, the people who commit these crimes are often not the brightest people on the planet. So, otherwise, they probably wouldn't be committing these crimes. Um, but yet, they got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this case, it seems that they got away with it because there are people in the police office who should not be in the police office. Yeah. But, you know, that's true for all of them because, you know, um, n- none of the ones for the ones for the documentary, mm-hmm. they never really looked into any of them. They, you know, they wrote them off as like drunken drownings and left it at that. Yeah. It's, I mean, there, there are some of these that we look at and I go, ah, oh, that's, that's probably not connected. But then there's a few where it, stuff like this, where it just, I can't imagine how anybody could honestly at the police level, look, look a mother in the eye and say, no, this was an accident. Um, it just, the, the lack of personal integrity that would be required for something like that is astonishing. He never said that it was, it was that he just said that he, he, he didn't know how it happened. He said if he was shot, it would be easy. But in this circumstance, he had no answers. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not putting that on Dr. Hellman at all. It seems to me that Dr. Hellman was one of the most one of the people who. Yeah. uh, Detective Willoughby is is who's in my sights at the moment. Um, And from what I understand, he was actually fired for misconduct. Uh, sued, yeah. Sued for misconduct. So sued for when he was captain, he was sued for allowing misconduct to occur. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, I think, yeah, I can't remember the specific details of the article I read about that. But yeah, oh, so was, fascinating that he was sued for allowing misconduct to occur. I'm shocked. Given the situation, yeah, there's valid well, reason there's, to be concerned because there was no signs of foul play. That you know, there was nothing they could do. Um, unless they had more information on, I said, well, you know, you guys are detectives, go detect, find the information. It's not going to fall on your lap. Yeah. And, and at a certain point, they need to learn to ask for help. Well, and it's also like the biggest thing that I find suspicious about that excuse. And I'm going to call that an excuse because mm-hmm. to me, that's what it sounds like is considering the fact that the area was searched for several days between when he went missing and when he was found and that he was found in a borderline clearly staged position Mm -hmm. uh, and that all of the autopsy indication elements essentially pointed to the fact that that was not how he that that was not the position in which he was the entire time which he had gone uh that 
during the time he was gone, there was no way that he could have essentially been dead all that time, mm-hmm. or like, you know, not. I mean, even like you said, you know, if the body was frozen, it would have been a very different scenario within what would have occurred with the what's the L word again? Lividity, lividity, and everything along those lines. Just like there, there are so many elements that line up together that yeah, one taken at face value, in and of itself, doesn't scream premeditated. Doesn't scream you know, that somebody would intentionally did this. Yeah. But when you line them all up, it's like you have every reason to dig deep or at the very least, you know, drill into these friends and figure out what the real story is, considering it seems that for at least one of them, he can't string, you know, consistent story together to save his life. Yeah, we, we always make... We, we always love to use the joke from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the Pepe Sylvia thing. Yeah. Where, he, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the show, but... One of the characters, Charlie, becomes obsessed with the conspiracy that there's some sort of mail fraud going on. Um, and he has a whole board with red lines everywhere and all that. And, and we always like laugh about it. But no, if that's what the the, the police should be doing that there. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see the board with all of the red ropes going everywhere. And I want to I want to see that they're actually trying to make connections because I, I could see that if you had every bit of this information trickling into you like one at a time. Maybe you don't see how it connects, but when when I sat down with the case file in front of me, uh, from or the case study in front of me, I was just blown away by by the sheer lack of intelligence displayed by the police. Um, oh. Which it, it's either got to be stupidity or uh, malintent. I mean, there's no other there's no other way way to look at it, in my I, opinion. I don't. <laughs> so. You know, do we, were there anything, uh, was there anything else to come through? I think there were a few. Uh, yeah, for Super Chats, we've got Aquafan for nine ninety nine saying, I know it's not much, but I'd like to offer some help and support. We'll be praying for answers, justice, and peace for all involved. We appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Cakes for nine ninety nine says, it's so surreal to hear all of this firsthand like this. We're all so sorry. Another case to look into, I mentioned the other night on stream, yeah. was the John Lang John case. Lang. Yeah. yeah, that one's definitely going on the list. And then Mandalorian Mama for $5 says, hope this money makes it to the legal fund. Hang in there, Mom and Dad. Yeah, we will definitely we'll definitely be donating stu- any Super Chats from this stream um, as soon as there's a place to donate it. And uh, the moment we have an opportunity to, to put up a fundraiser, um, we will do so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I want you guys to get answers. I, I, want, I want the police to be held accountable, most importantly, but I, I want you guys have answers and closure and hopefully be vindicated because i think that you guys are completely correct in assuming this was foul play and i don't even think it qualifies as an assumption i think that the yeah. evidence entirely indicates foul play i think we're at this point we can even say that we're we're emotionally invested to the point where we want answers you know to just yeah. as well like obviously nowhere near as much as we could say for youtube but you know it's it it is extremely frustrating when we come across things like this and we have come across things like this in the past but i don't think to this extent uh, where something within the system is clearly wrong, uh, intentional or not, mm-hmm. and that needs to be rectified to the best of its ability. And we, as individuals, want mm-hmm. to pursue that as best we can and, and help in any way that we can to find that solution. Did Tommy have other friends outside of this group and outside of Harry? Um, Brian? Yeah, he did. Would they? Would they possibly know anything um maybe you talk I, to them i have seen them since mm-hmm. no, because they they weren't there but um i don't know if they would know anything else mm-hmm. but 
you know, we know who, who ran, who was running the uh, guns and mm-hmm. we know who that called to him, threatening him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, Corey. Uh, so do you have that phone record? No, but the other friends, everyone told me it was Corey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the reason I ask is that, you know, I wonder, I wonder how far back you can subpoena phone records, but if you can recall the approximate date and we could track down the phone call that, I mean, there's enough witnesses and there's a phone record that that might be enough to take to law enforcement and say, Hey, look at this, um, you know, years down the line. Uh, I also, I mean, I also think that these guys, uh, I, I know from looking at their Facebook pages, uh, that several of them have families and children and, um, I think, you know, it's a lot easier as a unattached 24 year old to ride or die for your friends. Um, the second yeah. that the police come knocking on your door and you might get your daughter taken away if you don't fess up, that's a little different now, isn't it? Um, so, I mean, that's maybe dark and vindictive, but in my opinion, if you murder somebody, then you deserve that. I that's- agree. The consequences um, of your actions you yeah. have to face it at some point. And on the off chance that any of them hurt, you know, come across this podcast and heard me say that, I am so well armed it will make your head spin. Do not come here. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't want to meet the Claymore Roomba. <laughs> Walk in the door and you're going to hear a fortunate son playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean... Um, I think I think that gets us through all of the questions that are here. I'm, I'm going to do a quick once over to see if there's anything we missed. But I, uh, I'd like to hear what that guy Chris has to say. I think he'd come in for a chat, eh, not willingly. Um, but let's see, all those guns. <laughs> ah, exactly. It's, I, I always joke that I I do know the people to make someone disappear. <laughs> but uh, it's a drastic drastic option in, in any circumstance yeah um but yeah so i think that basically gets us through anything um is there anything that you guys would would like to to say to people um you know any anywhere you'd like to direct people for resources of any kind i you know should should they follow along with the uh the in memoriam page in case we we manage to get something set up for a fundraiser um yeah they could do that all right we can it- share a link to that Okay, thank you. Yeah, and is there is there anything else that that uh that we can do for you? No, I just want to tell you how much I really appreciate you guys doing this and you know keeping it out there because people forget and it gets washed under the rug. And you know when you don't know what happened to your son that night, you have no closure, and you know you just it's I I can't even think of a word for it, but. I've run so many scenarios through my head trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Not to mention justice. For yeah, it's, my... it's just infuriating. It... But thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, we appreciate you guys, you know, essentially approving of us, you know, doing this kind of stuff. You know, we... we trying to make sure that we do things in the right way for, you know, uh, yourselves. For and, yeah, for yourselves and people in this position. But, uh, 
you know, it's nice to hear that what, what we're doing is, is appreciated and we're, it's on the right path. And it just gives us all the more reason to keep going uh, and just keep finding answers because that's what we want to do is, is mm -hmm. for cases like this where we don't have the answers, we, we, we want to find them for you guys. Yeah, in, in any way we can. We also did just get Papa Bear owed and sent $20 for the legal fund. So it's Aww, beginning to be a nice little, nice little uh, lump sum there. And uh, I have a feeling it'll rise. I'll, uh, I'll utilize that that 1.2 million TikTok followers. There we yeah. go. Finally, have a reason to post on TikTok again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. For everybody watching right now, and anybody who will be watching the video on demand later, uh, you know, we we will be setting something up for sure. I know Mattis has referred to that a number of times in mm -hmm. the stream. Uh, do what you can, like he said. You know, if if all of you put up one dollar, uh, fairly confident that that would yeah. get us somewhere <laughs> near a close case. If, uh, if every single person who will watch this video were to donate a dollar, then it would raise, on, if we go by an average, about 40 grand, uh, which I assume would be enough to get started. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah. So I'll see what I, I'll see what we can do. Um, guys, th thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us. Uh, this has been massively helpful in terms of, you know, tying together some loose ends and, and clarifying some questions that we had. I... Uh, and, you know, we, we will absolutely remain in touch. And if there's ever anything that we can do for you guys, please do not hesitate to reach out. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Okay. Well, we will let you guys go. Uh, we hope you have a, a good rest of your evening. And, uh, you know, I know, uh, I know yesterday was the, what, the 16 year anniversary. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that we were able to able to keep the story alive and keep people interested in all of that. Um, thank you yes so uh oh and we just got another hundred dollars donated for the legal fund by echo warrior thank you man wow See? the people thank want answers just as badly as you probably not as badly but very badly <laughs> um yes well thank you guys and uh i'll be in touch about next steps for for raising money all right thank all you right. bye See you. Good night. you go give us one second Oh no! Um, <laughs> you can hang re on. You can rejoin. Yeah, we. Uh, oh boy! Uh, there they go. Now they can see us. If you uh, join now, it'll be bigger. Yeah, but it's gonna get weird. And it's... No, you're good. Ah, cool. That looks yeah. fine. Yeah. So I. Uh, God damn. I hate Scott Willoughby. Oh. <laughs> I have so many thoughts and theories that I feel like I probably shouldn't say on a live broadcast right mm -hmm. now, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, uh, I am, I am currently an Angie boy. So, I mean, uh, to, to you guys watching, first of all, I, I've been keeping an eye on the chat all night. Thank you for being so respectful of the situation. Obviously, yeah. this is a lot more serious than, than our usual, uh, podcast content um we made significantly fewer jokes i uh, we appreciate you all doing the same yeah and and i i am just so uh, the seeing seeing the the donations pour in is so heartwarming um you know i i think it i, I look back at what we were able to do this year in terms of raising money and i mean it, there were i think several thousand dollars for the gab petito fund another i think i think we did hit 10 grand if not so. close to it um for for the national center for missing and exploited children um 
and now and now you know that's 321 dollars we'll see what it is after youtube takes their cut but um you know towards towards this i just when we started doing this it was about uh you know getting answers for for something that was so out there and so much bigger than us and never never did i expect that we might have the ability to actually impact these things and and to be able to speak to the people directly affected and and now i mean we get to we get to offer assistance which is just incredible to me so uh you know thank you guys so much um as soon as we have something set up for for uh for funneling money towards a, a private detective we will be doing so uh we will be we will be letting all of you know we'll probably mention it in every video for the next several months especially all the smiley face killer ones um and there will be i would say weekly uh calls to action on the the community page in the discord for hey if you guys you know you can donate five dollars today um we can we can really do something so i'm just i'm incredibly grateful to to uh to all of you for for what you've helped us do over the past couple of years yeah i mean it, it i think for both of us i can say that things like this just make us feel more motivated mm -hmm. and you know nothing more true to that than seeing you guys being so willing and so generous to donate as well um it just kind of it makes us all the more confident that not only are we doing the right thing, but we've also cultivated an audience of people that are capable, willing, and motivated to do the right thing as well. And mm -hmm. it just, it makes us feel warm to see that, you know, y'all are, y'all are so supportive of, of what we're trying to do. And it, again, it just, just makes me want to double down uh, on what we're doing here. And I couldn't be more proud of, of what we've, we've created of, of all the amazing research mm -hmm. he does and, and everything that we've been able to do as a result of what we've developed here. It's yeah. Um, a big thank you to you guys for that. Yeah. I do want to, I saw a couple of questions roll in. There were a couple of super chats. First of all, Christina Vance, Christiana Vance said, uh, from one mom to another and sent 20 for the legal fund. Nikki sent two and Ryan Whitcup sent five. Um, Covering the reign of terror. Uh, yeah, I can take a look at it. Um, you might need to be specific about which reign of terror. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's somebody did. Uh, Allison Talby asked, uh, are you branching out from the four on one cases into police misconduct cases? Uh, well, thankfully, we're out of missing four one one cases. I don't say thankfully because uh, we don't have to cover them anymore. I say thankfully because it means people aren't going missing. At least not in the national parks. Yes. I'm sure there will be more missing four on one cases, but. Uh, for the time being, I'm glad that I don't have to report on more tragedies. Um, so I'm going to stick with tragedies where maybe there's actually something we can do something about it, which is nice. Uh, we started with smiley face killers because we were like, all right, what's another big, you know, group of connected cases that we can investigate and see if there's any real connection? Um, I mean, I'm still skeptical about the smiley face angle, personally. Yeah. Um, I do. I do think that the the Todd Guide and, and Tommy Booth cases are extremely similar. Um, so even if they're not a connected gang, I think that there's probably a methodology, uh, you know, which would suggest organized crime, in my opinion. Uh, serial killers tend to be a little bit more specific and individualistic. Yeah. Uh, 
well then the cases in pittsburgh and uh wisconsin those were very similar those were very similar those are a whole different ball game in and of yeah. themselves whether they're on their own truly or if they are in any way yeah. connected yeah it was it was very strange looking at the lacrosse in pittsburgh and how similar all of that was and then looking at todd guide and tommy booth we're definitely when we get to do the meta analysis section there's going to be like you know stuff we think is serial killers and stuff we think is organized crime um and then probably mm-hmm. I, I, with the missing 411 there was you know Stuff we think is completely explicable, stuff that's a little weird, stuff that's very weird, and stuff that's completely inexplicable. Yeah. So we'll probably have something similar where it's like smiley face killers is not involved, organized crime, serial killer, smiley face killers. Um so yep. I wouldn't be shocked to find that the the specifics here, uh, with the the individual killings rather than the the mass murders, um I wouldn't be surprised if those are connected uh in some way or another. I do think that if if anything, um if they are connected, it's it's likely due to the, the methodology more so than any one group of people doing it. But yep. uh, also Woken World said, these cases made me think about my buddy that went missing back in early 2019. I miss him. Uh, you may have mentioned this to us before and we said we take a look at it and then never got around to it. But please keep reminding us if you did. Uh, otherwise, if you haven't, then please send something along um, to the, the lorelodge at gmail.com so we at least have it filed away somewhere to take a look at. Um. And, you know, to, to just to be clear to those who, you know, weren't weren't able to donate, um, we have absolutely no judgment there. Uh, everybody has different means. Um, you know, if you can, great. If not, if you could just spread the word. Awesome. And we'll uh, we'll put up a whole bunch of different information as soon as we have it. Um, I did see a few more things come through. Yep. Uh, Patrick List, son of um, Menu. Uh, Menoitis uh, gave us another hundred dollars. Wow! Uh, said I have the ability to share my wealth, and I absolutely love you, you guys and what you do. We very much appreciate yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. Get you a medal. Yeah, we should. Uh, Trevor Wilson for ten dollars says, "Let's get in a new investigator." Though they so said they liked the the private investigator appears to have been solid. Yeah, uh, they just ran out of money to pay him. Uh, it is the um, the police themselves who are the problem. So. Obviously, they're not going to be involved in this. Uh, this is this is going to be us coordinating our resources as we are able and then letting the PI do his job because while I feel very confident in my research skills, I am not an experienced private investigator and I will leave that to the professionals and simply support in any way I can. Uh, Goosey for $5 says legal fund plus please share any more information on future donations. I'd be interested in setting up a local fundraiser to support from Dallas. So Dallas, actually, we we're going to be covering something soon. Um, I've been hesitant to cover it because it's it's ongoing, um, but it's the Lady Bird Lake, yep. right? Yeah. So we That's Austin. Yeah, Austin. So yep. Texas. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe we'll find a way to be able to set up a broader fundraiser where it's, you know general money that people can request for private investigators and all that we'll see yeah that'd be great uh karen jones for 199 gave some thank you uh we gave some we gave some uh christian thank bennett you for a hundred dollars thank, you, thank christian. you christian uh says great job little lunch team mr and mrs bennett's thank you very much uh matt uh zero zero four zero for five dollars says editors are never appreciated enough <laughs> thank you for spending hours in a dark room on premiere for us i know it's stressful i appreciate that the room doesn't have to be dark <laughs> i'm not a darkness yeah person. exactly you you do research in the i dark. know i'm a dark list i had done that uh, i know i'm a darkness gremlin i know shut up matt matt i very much <laughs> yeah, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding 
Ella's, that. Ella's angry at me. Uh, Jake Fitzgerald gave for us five dollars for the fun. Your mom gave us a hundred dollars for the fun. Mom, thank you for that very much. And All right, then, uh, Spleen, I have. I'm gonna have such good news to send the barb later. Yeah, absolutely. And then Spleens for five dollars and fifty six cents says, if you guys could get time, you could possibly look into the Noah Pez or Presgrove uh, case out of Oklahoma. Why does that name sound familiar to me? I will definitely be writing it down right now. Noah Presgrove. When did this happen? Oh. So this is recent. Uh, what happened here? Um, found dead on the side of the road on September 4th. Of this last September? Yeah. Um, declared his death suspicious one day later. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take a look into this one. Wow, Echo Warrior just gave us two hundred dollars. Oh, you guys are doing far more important you. work than anything I would spend this on. Like you guys have said, it's up to the community to band together. Also, Aiden's, I can't guarantee anything, but I work for a PI company in Utah, so if I'm able to get help out there, ever please uh, only reach out. We will be more than yeah. happy to do so. And I mean, if we ever come across something in Utah, yeah, um, very much so. Definitely gonna. Well, there was the. Um, uh, Bobby Beezup, but that was Bobby Beezup and Dennis, not Dennis Martin. The uh, it was um, the one at the lake. Garrett, that, yeah, Garrett Barkley. That's what I was. Those thinking. were Utah. Yeah yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. We would we would definitely reach out yeah. to you. About I, that. I think we appreciate that a lot. We've got a couple of things right now that, as I've, as we've been doing work on this, that that we want to set up uh, funds for. One of which is uh, missing persons and suspicious deaths like this allowing families to hire private investigators because that's what i'm coming to the conclusion of is i uh, if the police won't do it somebody will for money yeah um so it, that's one thing we want to set up for sure and then the other one was i we're working on setting up a uh, a charity that will collect money to be dispersed to native american communities and individuals uh you know that are that are suffering from um from poverty and, and other issues because the I know a lot of I know a lot that it's a very complicated issue, and a lot of the time uh, the the reservations don't want help or they want to be left alone, and sometimes they ask for help and they don't get it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a simple issue to solve, but the probably the first step is giving you know making sure people have the resources to improve. Um, so those are those are the things that we can we can assist with, and hopefully we'll be able to to get those both moving uh, sometime in in the next year or two. Yeah. Uh, and you, thank uh, you, Echo Warrior. That is extremely generous of yeah, you. Yeah, incre incredibly generous donation. And I, I do want to follow that, that mm -hmm. up with uh, June Bung Lins at 729's $2 for the fun. God bless. Just want to say as incredible as Echo Warrior's $200 is, $2 is just as good. Yeah, every know? every small donation helps. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's, it's it's not about the amount of money that you give, which it is amazing when you're able to give more. But it, yeah. it's it's just, if you can be fantastic and obviously it'll be a lot easier to be more direct with it once we're able to set something up that's a little bit yeah. more uh but this i mean towards that this this will all be going there this is money that we get paid out to us in march right yes uh it should be yeah considering it's February. Yeah. yeah we'll get paid out this money in march and it will be earmarked immediately yeah for uh for their use um whether that means that we set up a, a gofundme and make a nice big donation to start it off or if we send the money directly to them, I don't know, but we'll we'll see how things go. Yeah, absolutely. And then Miss Maury for ten dollars says, "This is from my roommate who doesn't watch but listens to me talk about what you guys do. He's hugely touched and knew how bad I wanted to help. Thank you for your shedding your life on these cases. Thank you. Of course, thank you. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you all so much for, uh, for, sorry about the dog. Uh, thank you all so much for, for hanging out with us, for, for watching, for supporting. I mean, this is, this is incredible seeing how much, how much you guys have been willing to help, uh, even, even just if it's $1 at a time. So thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see those of you who watch my personal channel on, on Tuesday night. Uh, I think we're going to be doing some music stuff. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, and, uh, if not, then I will see you all next Sunday with, uh, ah, sorry, no, it's going to be Monday. Uh, and we're going to have inspiring philosophy on to talk about the doctrine of the Trinity. Mm, to be fun. honest, while I, I can explain what the Trinity is, I cannot properly explain why the Trinity is. So <laughs> I'm very excited for Michael to, uh, enlighten me because a little embarrassing to have a religious studies degree and not be able to answer that question. <laughs> You'll get there. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for hanging out, for watching, and for all of the donations, and uh, we will see you again very soon.